Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network, and our show tonight is in the mix. And my co-host, of course, is Kaz Scaife. Say hello, Kaz. No? You're not going to talk? Kaz? Knock, knock. Who's there? We have no sound. Okay. Let's try this again. Kaz? Nope. Anyway, Kaz will be back. I'm sure she will. Um, We've been having so much interference with the shows, and I assume that means we're doing a good job. And uh, uh, let's see. And now I'm hearing from 3-8-8-4-5-2-0. Okay. Yeah, we're having a little bit of technical trouble here again it seems to happen all the time let's see if we can get cause up now cause you there right. yeah can you hear okay, me now? now gotcha yeah i couldn't all hear right. you before. couldn't hear nothing um yeah peggy just, sometimes. yes peggy just uh messaged me and she was having trouble getting on and uh so she's she's trying again anyway all what right. we're going to be talking about tonight and uh, Betty Gosnell is going to be joining us also. She works closely with Peggy. But they've just been raising hell down there in Florida. Um, they've got, of course, that petition that went into the legislature down there uh, by the Bar Association to seal all guardianship cases. And if they should succeed in doing that, I think every senator and representative that voted to do that should be taken out of office. This is nothing more than covering your tracks. It's more of this RICO trafficking thing, um, organized crime. Uh, This would be like bank robbers getting together and petitioning Congress to say something along the line of, uh, I want you to cover up all the bank robberies because I might get arrested if you don't. So we've got that going on down there. And then there's all these new bills and um, these bills, holy crap, I mean, it's just absolutely terrifying. What they're, these bills are intended to do, and Peggy's going to explain this, <laughs> is to basically ease the way for petitioning for guardianship in the state of Florida. And it's a, a means of trapping, as she says, more children and young adults in guardianship if they're passed. So she's going to be talking about Florida Senate Bill SB 192. Florida Senate Bill SB 662, and Florida Bill 949. We're going to be talking about all of those. Uh, Joining her is Betty Gosnell, who works closely with her. Um, We have, I think, Peggy and Betty on. Both of you, you're with us, aren't you? Yes. Hey, Marty. Okay. 
Hello, hey, all right. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yeah. And Kaz is is uh, co-hosting with me as always. Um, Peggy, you've been really boots on the ground more than most people I know. Um, and you've been trying to become a lobbyist, and of course they're blocking you every way they can. Um, Peggy, I'm going to let you pick this up. Uh, this is a tremendous amount of information, and I know you've got your talk tonight organized so you can get out as much as possible. So why don't you pick it up from there? Betty, you join in whenever you think it's necessary, okay? Okay, sounds great. Okay, good okay. evening, folks. Uh, thank you for having us on. And I would like to talk first about what President Donald Trump did on March the 21st in 2018 with the Criminal Justice Reform Act, the First Step Act. Um, you know, he was trying to reform the judicial system. And uh, so, you know, they could not re-sentence uh, re, uh, these people and give them less re, uh, restriction, you know, less defenders, young juveniles, okay? A part of the reason they had to get him out of office is because they started, as soon as he left office, within just a week now, they have passed all these new bills to override everything he worked hard to do to protect the people in this uh, uh, justice system. So now they're redoing the Criminal Justice Reform Act as we speak. So they started immediately uh, passing. They've passed these bills, Marty. The Florida Senate 2021 Senate Bill 192 got passed. The Florida Senate Bill 2021 Senate Bill 662 got passed just within weeks. The Florida Senate Bill 949 got passed and was endorsed by Senator Kathleen Pasadena of Naples, Florida. Okay, what these bills do, it's about guardianship and it's about uh, special education and uh, you don't, yeah, special education in the public school system. Okay, so what they're doing now is from uh, kindergarten through high school, they're modern, they're, they have the video cameras in the uh, classrooms. Okay, and they, they monitor the attorney general and the agency with persons with disabilities. They're monitoring the classrooms. Now, the parents are not aware this is taking place, Marty, in the state of Florida. They have laws in place, which is going to go over where they're not allowed to have this information, okay? So uh, the state attorneys have having jurisdiction over the judicial circuit in which an offender was sentenced for a felony offense to petition the Senate court, sentencing court to re-sentence the offender. Say you, you finished doing your, your time. Well, now he can go back if he feels after judicial after you've already been acquitted, I mean, after you've already went to prison or jail time and you paid your dues, now if he wants to come back in, he can. the state attorney's office can just go and file an appeal. You will not get no hearings on this, folks. There's no jury trial. All he has to do is file a petition, and you're back in jail again. Okay, this is very scary stuff going on here. What? Yes. What? Uh, you mean they can, even after you fulfill your what they claim you need to do to make things right? And you do that time, they can come back and hit you again and put you back in? Yes, ma'am. Uh, the Attorney General Holy has crap. authority now to do that, okay? Uh, the Commissioner shall consult with State Surgeon General, the Director of the Agency with Persons with Disabilities, representation for the education community in the state of Florida. Retention of video recording, they have to do this. Now, it's like, say, a state employee beats your child and stuff. What happens is the video will disappear, and all they have to do to get out liability is just put in a written uh, report in. So that video will never be seen, 
Okay, so the parents can't request a pill in 30 days. That's very scary. Now, I've been keeping up on the Bar Association. As, uh, so far, uh, they have not petitioned legislation to conceal the record, but they're working on it. And uh, uh, Well, I don't, anybody, I don't know why anybody trusts Pasadomo. She is a bar member, and yet she seems to be constantly at the forefront of anything to do with guardianship and she's always going to you know change things but when you read the bills she helps pass they're just an assault on the elderly um here a few years ago she got that bill passed <clears throat> and loaded into it was a provision that said they were setting up this new agency inside probate and that it must underline bolded must be headed by a member of the bar association and that is to make sure you right. never get out of probate Never get out and of that's probate. True. Uh, that's get true, Marty. Yep. Yep. And what they're doing now with these uh, bill, Senate Bill 662 and Senate Bill 192, now this is a pilot program taking place. It just started this month under 1003-574. A video camera in public schools is a pilot, pro- a pilot program, and it will last for three years. What they're doing is uh, uh, they're going to take these kids, and they're going to put them in guardianships, but they've got to have enough. Uh, they're, they're writing more laws to make it harder for parents, and they don't even know their kids are going to be put in these guardianships. It's very scary what's taking place, and people need to wake up and educate themselves and pay attention to what's happening, what these senators are going behind our backs doing and passing these laws, you know, and the parents don't have no rights, and I'll go over that, where they don't have any rights. Oh, my. And, and this new uh, uh, Senate uh, 120-5361 and 12054 takes effect July the 1st, 21. And uh, it talks about people in these uh, special education programs, if they go in cardiac arrest. Now, uh, you know, about harvesting organs. I want to get into that because yes. everything we're talking about, it goes back to Senate Bill 949 that Kathleen passed on endorsed, where if somebody's having cardiac problems, all that professional guardian has to do is petition the courts. She gets your loved one, your young youth now. This, this goes from children to young adults to elderly. It covers all of us now, where they can take your loved one, and if a doctor says, you know, you get an overdose, uh, no resuscitation, they just harvest your organs and stuff. You can't get an autopsy in this anymore, folks. If you're under a guardianship, there's not going to be no autopsy done. They're going to cremate your body. Can I, the professional guardian can do yeah. anything she wants with your body. Can I say something here? On our, one of our yeah. hospice, betrayed by hospice shows, Marcia Joyner hosts And we had Dr. John Byrne on here this last year who talked about uh, organ harvesting, and he said, they tell you the people are dead, but they're not. He said, remember that when organs are harvested, the person is alive. He said, because if they die and those organs are deprived of oxygen for any length of time, they're worthless. So he said, they give them a paralytic like they do in executions, and they say, oh, it's painless, it's painless. No, it's not. But the paralytic stops them from crying out, from fighting, you know, physically, and it paralyzes them from one end to the other. They can't even scream. And then they start shutting down their organs. He said, this is exactly what they do in organ harvesting. He said, um, the person is alive. He said, I went to one. He said, 
the man actually raised his arm up, arm up as they started eviscerating him. He said, I had to leave the room. He said, I never want to be in anything like that again. He said, they told me that man was dead. He said, I find out later he was quite alive. So oh think about that when you're talking about organ harvesting. Um, it is a gruesome, gruesome, ghoulish business. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I have a quick question. What do you all think about, like, you know, on the, I don't know if it's just, just in Wisconsin, but they want you to put like a sticker, like, oh yeah, I'm an organ donor. I don't have that sticker on my license. Is that all over no. the country? Uh, yes, it you, is. You, so in the state of Florida and North Carolina, it is. Yeah. But yeah I what do you all this. think about that? Sticking that I sticker think, on there. Me personally, I think it puts the person in more danger. Me just, my, that's just my yes. opinion. But My you, have to too. Go to the DM, you have to go to the DMV and file a special form saying you do not want to be an organ donor because even if you mark no on the questionnaire, they consider it a yes. Now, this was another thing that Mr. Trump did. Uh, he made all of us an organ donor. So you have to go, whether you want to be or you don't, you have to go to the DMV and actually file a special form because just saying no, marking no on that application isn't enough. Um, okay, what form is that, enough. Marty? Because I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I'll have to get that from Marsha. I can't remember what it is right offhand. But we talked okay. about that also when we had Dr. Byrne on, um, okay. that you have to have this special just saying, no, I don't want to be an organ donor. Uh, thanks to Trump and an executive order, we're all organ donors, whether we want to be or not, unless you have this special oh. form filled out at the DMV. So scary. Yeah, it yes. is. Uh, anyway, go oh ahead, Peggy. God. Okay, well, this Senate Bill 662 uh, version of 921.30 states attorney petition for offenders resentencing. One, it is the intent of the legislation to give prosecutors the discretion to petition a sentencing court to resentence an individual if the individual's sentences no longer advance this interest of justice. Now, listen to this. The purpose of sentencing is to advance public safety through punishment. Rehabilitation oh. and restoration, yeah, justice. When a sentence includes incarceration, this person is best served by terms that are uh, proportioned to uh, the serious of the offense and provide uniform with the uh, sentence of offenders committed the same offense under similar circumstances by providing a means to reevaluate. Now listen to this: reevaluate. See, they contradict themselves. A sentence after some time has passed. The legislation's intent to provide prosecutors and courts with another tool to ensure these purposes are achieved. The state attorney of the judicial circuit in which an offender was sentenced for a felony offense may petition the sentence court to re-sentence the offender again if the original sentence no longer advanced the interest of justice which they don't make any sense why they're doing that. The person going no. to take their time. I can yet. tell you why. I can tell you why. They're part of yep. prison, um, prisons, uh, what is it, uh, Corrections Corporation of America. And what it is is they contract with the state. The state guarantees they will keep X number of beds full for that, and they get paid for that fee. So this is what this is about. If they, uh, the crime rate is dropping and people aren't spending enough time in jail, well, we'll just put them back in there again. And that way it doesn't cost the state any money. It actually costs them more money for that person to leave prison than if they keep them there. So they put them there. Yeah, and I, 
Got it. Want to point, I want to point out with this Bill 662, now this falls under the guardianship, folks, which means that you don't get a jury trial if you're under a guardianship. So there's no due process. All the state prosecutor right. does is petition the judge, and you're not even, you know, you don't, you don't have no say, so you go back to prison. Now, this is what's wrong with the judicial system. This is why you have millions of people marching, because we have lost our rights, and we don't have any constitution anymore. These guardianships are very dangerous, and I am shocked that not one senator so far is standing up to these bills that are being passed, right. that we are taxpayers are having to pay these people a salary to represent us, but who are they really representing? Yes. That's the it's one thing. So sin- it's just uh, so sinister. It, well, and that's it. every every <laughs> senator and representative we've approached, whether out in D.C. or on the phone or in person, however it happened, they all feign, why I never heard of such a thing. Why nobody told me that it must be an isolated. No, it isn't. We've contacted you several times with hundreds of cases. Oh, well, I'm going to look into this and I'll get back to you. And they don't. And they won't. Um, Marty, up in Minnesota. Yes. There's millions of people filing complaints. They're ignoring us. Yes. Yes. Betty, did you want to say anything yes. about Senate Bill 192 or Senate Bill 662 or Senate Bill 949? Not right now. I'm listening, Peggy. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is very scary what's taking place. And uh, I will be going in front of the Senate, uh, of the Florida Legislation in North Carolina, we'll be talking to some senators about these bills. But what I also want to talk about uh, tonight is, Marty, uh, we need to form uh, a professional group that people care. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. We need to all work together. Only I want to work with you, Marty. Uh, we need a 1,000 signatures to go in front of Congress. Now, I can work on the petition but I need 100,000 signatures, and the Congress has to hear our hearing, okay? But this is a catch. Mm-hmm. Once we start this, we only have 30 days. So what I like to do is jump the campaign and start getting the word out because we need, need 100,000 signatures. Once we reach that mm-hmm. goal, then I want to petition Congress so we can go in front of them and say we're not tolerating this. Since our uh, – yeah. Senators won't represent us. We have to represent ourselves. Right. Wow. I have a question. So the hundred the hundred thousand um, signatures. Does it all have to come out of one state, or can it be all across the whole country? No, we're going to do the whole country. Okay. So once we reach that, uh, I contacted Washington D.C. Uh, I told him I'm becoming a lobbyist, and I want to support this. And, you know, she told me that I need 100,000 signatures. She gave me the application and everything. And she told me once I start this campaign, I only have 30 days. And Because after 30 days, if I don't reach 100,000 signatures, I, they just veto my bill, and it goes out again. So I want to jumpstart, talk huh. with Marty about us working together to get as many signatures. I got a few more radio shows I'll be doing this month and next month, trying to come up uh-huh. with uh, of this this amount we need, and then we we will launch a campaign on the internet where people can go in and sign and everything, and I'll have it ready. But I want to jump start and get the people in place first 
And that's why I thought it would be, it's very critical tonight to talk about all these bills to the families out there that's got young children and, you know, teenagers, because it yeah. does not just affect the elderly, it affects us all. And the way our government is doing it, it's they're, they're concealing these guardianships, and it's like slavery. They're taking your rights away yeah. from you, taking their assets, your bank accounts, your loved ones away, and you can't petition, so there's no appeals. You know, with all these new laws coming in effect, and if this bill gets passed, the Florida Bar Association uh, gets approved. It's only a matter of time with other states uh, follow suit, so right. we've got to stop this. This year's got right. to be the year that we we do something about this. Yeah. I have I have a well, question on the signatures. So when you said that you could do it online, um, how would so? It's not like a cha- these change.org stuff. Is is some? It's got to be. Is it something different? No, it'd be like change.org. There'll be documents that they have to sign. It's all legal. We'll set it up and everything. We'll give the people the day it's going to launch, the day it has to end, and we'll explain, and we're going to post all these Senate bills and explain it why this is so critical for everyone to participate because your rights is being taken away every day, and before you know it, we're going to be owned by our own government, and people need to wake up. This is serious. Um, well, yeah, we, we are owned by the government. Be, uh, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Betty. Um, like Peggy said, if we could post these Senate bills, and like Peggy's really good at explaining what exactly is in these bills and what it means to everyone, if we could do that. And uh, because a lot of people just think that uh, this thing, these things happen because oh, you you've done something that you're not fit for society yes. or something. They don't understand that hey, if you have a heart attack or a stroke or an aneurysm, this can happen to anyone, and it does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of things they don't understand. They don't understand that like um, um, these uh, disabled people get sent to these facilities where they're having courts within the facilities, and uh, yep. without even giving the parents notice, the families don't even have notice, and they're having concealed hearings and using these exactly. these disabled people for organ donors. And and uh, exactly. a lot of people and don't know that when they have a Baker Act form. That at the bottom of it, like the doctor, doctor can recommend that a patient be used for diagnostic testing. Yes. And what exactly is diagnostic yep. testing? You know, is that's like yep. saying, um, well, um, let's just use this person for a guinea pig. Oh then I'm going to tell you when you say, when you go to the hospital. And on the admissions form, and they always have the back of the monitor to you, and they say, just sign it as a standard form. Print it off. I want to see it because it will contain the word biologics in it, which is uh, vaccines, experimental medications, uh, you being used for research, for blood, and all kinds of things. And the other thing it does, too, is it does an immediate asset search on you. And so it, I asked uh, at one time when I was going to the house, I said, why are you doing an asset search? I, well, we want to be sure you can pay the bill. You've got two insurances sitting there. I believe I can. Well, we just need to know so I wouldn't sign the form. And But you, you have make them print that form off, sign that hard copy, mark out the word biologics, because this can mean absolutely anything. They can do anything to you, and it also allows the physician and the hospital to override your express medical decisions and do what they want to do. And so these hospitals are very tricky, you know, yes. with, these, uh, with this documentation. I know. 
Yes. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, they're they very tricky, and they'll get you to find that they're very deceitful. So it's wise that, yep. you know, people need to know, too, that when they go to the hospital, they absolutely need to read everything before they sign. Yes, and get copies of it. Um, like I say, I won't sign a, an electronic. You print it off, I'll sign it. And, and another thing, cross out the word signature. A signature is from corporate law, and you are agreeing to a contract when you put a signature on something. Cross that word out and put autograph. No contract in, is implied. Um, I know it sounds petty, but it makes a huge difference in court. And um, But the, you've got to be careful. You know, Betty, Peggy, I've talked to so many people. What I'm hearing from elderly people is they won't go anywhere near a hospital. They know if they do, they will, most likely will not come home. Um, they, it, it, they're afraid of the doctors. And now we have to be afraid of these vultures that are running through the Bar Association and probate. What the hell? Well, I know, it's scary. It makes me sick. It is. It is. I, oh, wow. Well, um, fair, on this well, petition thing. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, with well, I was just going to ask you on this. <laughs> go ahead, Peggy. <laughs> now, with the 1,000 signature petition to Congress, what would be? what's your question? Oh, what uh, I, you know. I had always not heard good things about change.org. So I didn't know that that was actually anything legit that, I mean, I need to be educated on this change.org. Cause you, that's what you're, is that what you're going to do it on? And it actually works. Yes, it does work. But they special really? forms that I have to submit to the Congress that I'm going to be doing. And then it's going to be, they, they get this form. You know, I'm a lobbyist. Once they get this, well, I'm becoming a lobbyist. I'll send it there. I'm working with some senators trying to get one on board to uh, to help me in Washington D.C. get this going. But what I want to do is jumpstart getting the people organized so I can get the petition going. Because if I start the campaign and I don't have a hundred thousand signatures, they veto me, and then there's a grace period that I can't redo it again. So I don't want that to happen to us. So right. I want to get the word out to try to get as many people to understand how important this is to protect your freedom, your assets, your loved right. ones from this. Okay. Hold uh-huh. on here a minute, ladies. Uh, we have got a caller on from area code 616. Did you have a question or comment for our guests? Yes. This is me from Michigan, Hollydale. Um, uh I haven't talked to anybody here for quite a while. I'm the one that has a disabled daughter who was taken, and she's in a dementia yes. ward right now. She's a cerebral palsy. Oh, wow. But anyway, mm. so I was going to comment on what I've heard as far as this change.org. It doesn't do anything. It might grab attention, but legally it won't do anything. And as far as the signatures, you have to have signatures on paper. And they all have to yes. be registered voters, and they have to say that with their address and telephone number. But... On the computer, it doesn't mean anything. It might grab attention if it goes viral on some places, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't carry do any it. weight. Yeah. It doesn't carry yeah. any weight whatsoever. So the hundred and every thousand votes that they were telling you, uh, you know, it's it's, and then there's so many per state. Um, I can't remember the number. I thought yeah. it was thirty thousand, 
I just know that I've walked around before getting uh, signatures, and it has to be written signatures. It doesn't do anything on the computer whatsoever. Um, so and then I, I was going to go ahead. And then I was going to agree with what you were saying. Um, I worked in a hospital for years, and I'm going back to work full time here shortly. Um, is that that is true? Um, I know people don't believe it, and they're shocked by it, and they will not believe you, and they don't think that it's ever going to happen to anybody because they're not in that category. That's what I thought. I thought it's never going to happen. You know, I hear it happen. I've seen it happen, but it's never happened. And yes, they have experimented on disabled for a really, really long, long time. Um, you can have a uh, um, uh, physicians, how they do things, they're all in, like, medical groups. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just because someone's a doctor doesn't mean that they have any kind of morals. It's just a field of practice. That's all. It doesn't mean yeah, you know. Some are good, some are good, some are not. You know, I mean, it's just the way it is. But, you know, you could have... Eight OBGY and medical students go into a room, and if there's no one there, they can do a pelvic, um, especially if you're ward of the state. Um, they can do that, and that's why they used to say that um, you always should always somebody. I mean, all eight of them always have someone with you when you're in the hospital for any procedure, almost 24/7, because yep. they hit and miss. Some are good, some are bad. Some aren't going to sing thing because they'll lose their job. It rocks the boat. You have to, or you'll get fired because you did say something about somebody. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But, and you know, if the wow. elderly people right now, it's just very, 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 very sad because they closed the doors and they already were being abused. Now they're worse. Usually that's because mm-hmm. they have such low-grade workers. These low-grade workers, yes. you know, they could be nice people, but... When we're enabling the workers and saying, oh, they're just doing their job or they don't have enough help or blah, 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 blah. So to make this story sweet, my own opinion is that nothing is going to change. It's going to get worse. I figure in 30, 40 years, maybe people are going to get so sick of it because white babies are being stolen and passed around, elderly are being killed, disabled are being put back. It doesn't matter who's going to be president at this point. Um, and it, it's just not going to matter um, until people do what they need to do, and and it's going to be bad. Um, and I'm not going to say this on radio right now because everything's being monitored so much. But until that happens, and I hate to say this this way because it's it's people are kind of scared to do anything because they don't want it to start, but we know it's going to start until men grow balls and women grow balls and start making the ultimate uh, fight that they need to fight to stop this, and they will stop it. People will die, but they will stop it because we have given absolute power to these people who are just taking the disabled and kids and elderly. And whenever you give absolute power to somebody like this, and we have for a long time, that's why it's getting worse. But Marty. I would like to make yes. a comment. I don't know who she's yes. talking to, but what I'm talking about is the 100,000 signature. I'm talking about not going to state levels. I'm talking about going to a federal level to be heard in the Senate and the House. 
And, you know, I got my documentation and stuff, and I'm still reviewing it and stuff. And, you know, I've only had it for a few days. I fill out this information. Yes, we'll have a senator help re, uh, review it and sponsor the bill, but we need 100000 We're doing this on a federal level. We're not doing it on a state level because we've seen what each state is doing. They're violating our Constitution rights left and right. And I'm the type of person I'm going to do it the legal way. Uh, we have to think positive. We, violence is not the answer. We have to do it the correct way, and we have to educate ourselves how to do it the correct way so we don't get frustrated. Just like that lady well, we just spoke to on the phone, you could tell she's very frustrated about the situation, and I don't blame her because her child was taken and the process and the uh, judicial system fell. I'm not, I'm not young, and Emily's 26. I'm 63. So... I I wish the best of you, but looking through history, it hasn't changed anything. The bill they just throw more money on it, thinking people need more money to have a better system. And the more money right. you throw on something, it just keeps getting more. It's just more money and more money, and all they're doing is propagating their own stuff. Whether it's elderly, they, disabled, kids, children, blacks, brown, white, no you matter. You are right about that, but what I'm saying is our senators have told us, so we have to take actions oh, into our own hands. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And, and That's I, why we started I hope, this company. I hope so. I do hope. I do truly, 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 truly hope and wish. I truly, truly, truly do. I really, really, truly do, and I'll be glad to sign anything and send it to you through mail so it's legit. I truly, truly wish that was going to happen. But anything we do so many is legit. Anything tried. we say we do. Yeah, I really, yeah. truly do. I just, I just um, don't think none of it's going to... That's just my personal opinion. I mean, if I come up with another $30,000, I know I'll get Emily. I already had it set up, but it's all about paying them and ransom. There's nothing more about Mm -hmm. it at this point. But, and I truly, truly, truly do wish something's going to happen. I mean, we're going to have a little bit of a hugaloo for for a little while here. I mean, mean, you know, because people are like doing this and doing that and woo-woo and they're doing all their little task force and saying this and saying that. But it's just been going on for a long time. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is just the last four years. It's yeah, been going on the last yeah. 30 yeah, but, years, and it's okay. gotten worse and worse. Okay. All right. But that's Holly, we've got to get back okay. to. Yeah, okay, Holly, we've got to get back is. to Peggy and Betty. Thank you for calling yeah, okay. in and for your Thank comments you. and thoughts. And good luck. Thank you. The problem, she yeah. is right. The problem with it is, is our senators have made these laws and so hard for us and they've taken our constitutional rights away so they it's it's gotten so deep i mean we're going to have to get our shovels and, and start digging ourselves out and we have to start somewhere so we yeah. can't think negative we've got to start somewhere and i am i got a youtube channel i just opened up marty uh me and you's going to be okay. working uh, together i'm going to be showing you some documents that we're going to be doing we're going to make this happen. We're not just going to sit and talk about it. I'm dedicating my life yeah. for a change because of my son being in a fraudulent guardianship. So I am reading every Senate bill that comes out of Florida because Florida and California and the big major 
uh, areas where yes. more populated people, it's the first ones they affect. So once other states see how these other states are following, doing, they follow suit. So we have to stop that in their tracks. So what I'm saying, I don't know what she's talking about, 30,000 petitions. What I'm talking about is going on a federal, federal level, and they are forms that we will be uh, putting on there, and I have to learn how to do mm-hmm. it. Like I said, I've only had the information a few days, and I have to review it and, and figure out how to do it. Where you go on, and these forms are all legal, and they're all government documents, where you do sign it, and, and, it, and it tallies it up, and it then it tells you how many people that we have for signatures and goes forth. And then once we uh, reach the 30 days, hopefully we reach it, then we submit all of, our, all of our paperwork gets submitted in prior before we start our campaign because we're starting it. Uh, every person that wants to get involved will receive these, this documentation because it is legal, and it goes to the White House, Senate, and House. And they will be a hearing on it, but we have to just get our numbers up there. And what I want to do for the next 12 weeks is review every single Senate bill that came out of the state of Florida, every single bill that has came out of North Carolina, every single bill that has came out of Georgia. This is going to take time. This is, you know, you just can't talk. You've got to take action. In order for us to take action, we first have to educate ourselves on all the Senate bills in, in order for us to draft what we want introduced to the Senate and House, and that's what I'm doing for the next 12 weeks. Of course, uh, this is time-consuming. It takes time because when we go in front of that Senate House, we have to show documentations of these Senate bills, show proof of what they're doing, and what we want changes. Of course, my goal is to abolish this and have something less restricted because it's our family. We should have the right to say what we want to do with them because we pay and support them instead of the government controlling us. Take back our family. Well, well, one thing I need to tell you, uh, I've seen some advocates write some really hard-hitting bills, uh, the kind of bills that we need. And they have gotten sponsors like representatives or senators to present those bills. Now, here's the joke on you. Once okay. that bill is tabled, it can okay. be amended, altered, rewritten, uh, totally wiped out, gutted, and something else entirely different put in there gets passed. You think the bill you wrote with the provisions you have in it or the one you helped construct is what got passed, and you don't know till you read what was passed that the joke was on you it's something else entirely. They leave the title in place, and the explanation is supposed to do this, this, and this. And But they can amend it, change it, reword it. Uh, we've had several bills go in. The Bar Association runs in, takes this out, takes that out, puts this in, and it ends okay. up being an assault That's what rather than something that will help us. Um, okay. Yes. I do have something I was to say ask about you that. A question is who is they, and you just said the Bar Association, so. We need to do mm-hmm. something that will uh, stop the bar association from being allowed yes. to do that. You yes. can't do that. They need Betty. to be busted up. But yeah, it, they need yeah. to be busted up. They are nothing but a union, um, but they have taken over and monopolized our judicial system. Uh, they are probably some of, in many of them, not all, are some of the biggest criminals running out there. Um, but our justice system has has gone in the toilet and. It's all because of these people and the, all the control this monopoly has on our justice system. They're the ones that came up with these probate tribunals. 
and family courts to separate them from civil and criminal court, get them out of the state courts, out from under protection of the Constitution and your rights. And they put you in a tribunal situation. This is why you don't have a trial by jury. Under a tribunal, you're not entitled to one. This is why they can stand up and levy all kinds of charges without evidence, and they're never asked for it. Because they're not required to follow the the codes of, of evidence or the rules on civil procedure. You are not in a court of law. You're in a tribunal run by statute and code, and they make their own laws. They make their own rules. So one of the things that I think needs to get done soon is to take these cases and put them back under the state court system. Now you've got the Constitution in play, the common law in play. You have rights. Uh, You have protections. Yes. I do want to mention something that's scary. You just mentioned the Constitution. About four years ago, the state of Florida rolled in three bills into one that gives a judge a right uh, to interpret a federal constitution, which we don't have that anymore in state courts. So now it it puts us in more danger. I do want to talk a little bit, because you did uh, point out something very important, about they are great people doing these bills, but what's happening is – once they file this, once we file this bill in Congress, okay, it's just like a court hearing, Marty. We got to be there. We mm-hmm. got to file motions. We got to file appeals. Well, we only have so many days. If we do not file appeal within so many days, yes, they can water it down. We have to speak up. It's just like a regular court. So there is ways to make sure this doesn't get watered down. You just got to know how to work, wow. work it. Yeah. Wow. It and I've become very good happen. at the legislation. Well, so how yes, often do these haven't. bills go in? Like, like, I don't understand. Like, how often do they submit these bills? Like, Marty, you're saying they can well, alter they can, them. Yeah, they, you year, can submit it any time as long as you have a – yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. The, the, the legislation, Betty – is from January to March, and what they do is they they work through the they get their bills drafted throughout the year, but they have to introduce it when session is open from like January to March. Yes. And then what they do is they go in from the legislation, the Senate, and the House, and say we would like to introduce this bill on the floor, yay or nay. And they start the process, and once they start the process, yes. you know it's like a thirty days, a forty five days, you know, like you have to go through it. So many so many senators have to agree. Or disagree, and then the person representing the bill has to object if, like, they, they try to overrule it. Then you have to uh, fill out certain paperwork to protect that bill from being thrown out. But you have to be on the floor. Yes. If you are not on that floor that day, your bill gets either watered down or thrown out. Majority, if it's not yes. popular, you know that's how that works. Yep. Now, do they tell yep. you when that bill's going on the floor? Yes, you will know because you're the one that wrote it. You'll speak to the secretary of uh, the Senate, and they will tell the House, they will tell you what day you have to be on that floor to represent your bill. Wow. What Have you thought see, about you what just... senator you're going to find to, like, to be the representative? I'm talking to several. Um, you know, I'm working on the lobbyists, and in a few weeks I'll have everything legalized, and then I'm going to start rubbing elbows with them and working with them. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend out in Washington D.C. She's going to join uh, me because she's very uh, well known out there. 
to help me get into the uh, floor once I get all these signatures in. So Marty will be coming on board. I've uh, already uh, told them about Marty. So uh, sorry, Marty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will ask to find yeah, out about right. this. But um, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get this up and going as fast as we can. So, you know, in a w- okay. several weeks, more things will start happening and stuff. We'll have the YouTubes up. Uh, Marty, I have hers up. Uh, Karen's got hers up. Betty, I have hers up. All we're doing on these YouTubes are raising campaign awareness of where to go to the site. Once I know I got enough people interested in this, then we're going to hit it hard for the 30 days. But we have not set no date yet for this. We're just getting a feel right. of how many people would be interested in doing this. Yes. Yes. I just don't know. What I'm trying to figure out is I've been involved in politics for almost 40 years. Why you have to petition to speak to the House or Senate because they normally have um, various times where the public can come in and speak, and well, you could just uh, simply Ma- have to Marty, sign up. Uh, you yeah, can do that, but when we're doing yeah. the legislation, we're drafting the bill. We have to be a lobbyist, and we have to have a Senate to uh, endorse this bill. You and uh, anyone's welcome to go to the floor, but the lobbyist and the senator is the one that will support this bill and fight this bill and file the appeals with this bill. Okay. Okay. All we need oh. is the signatures right. to make it happen. Okay. So I have, I have no. a question. A, oh my gosh, Peggy, like you blow me away how much you've done, but I have a question. So, what if you need more of us to become lobbyists, like Marty became a lobbyist or I became a lobbyist? Like, is there power in, like, the numbers, like a whole bunch of lobbyists would show up? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I can teach you in five minutes. It's it's not hard. I, okay. Well, yeah. I want, like, I want to learn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How do we become a lobbyist? Because there could be people listening that are like, you know what? We are ready to become lobbyists. Then do we all work under like this the umbrella lobby or no? You know, I'm just thinking it, like how, different industries that have their lobbyists. How it how it works is they have different lobbyists like uh, pharmaceuticals, like uh, uh, manufacturer lobbyists, like uh, I'm an advocate for guardianship reform. I'm a lobbyist for that. You have to first uh, own your own business. Then you uh, become a lobbyist. you got to know how, you know, it's great if you're going to law school, uh, you know, or, you know, it's really great to know the ins and outs so you can, once you're in lobbying, you know, you need to know how to file appeals and work with your senator because most of the time she's going to have you or he's going to have you do the work and you just submit it to them and they just endorse it for you. So, you know, because okay. it takes money to do this. And so I'm doing free work. Most people, what they do is raise uh, campaigns to get a law firm to do all this. Well, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm learning stuff because I'm interested in becoming an attorney. So this is a challenge for me, and I want to do this. Okay. Um, so I'm not charging. Yeah, I, I'm not doing campaigns. Yeah. Well, most of us involved in this advocacy work or not charging we don't get paid it's all volunteer um i've been doing this for years and uh you know it's it's been a dry run but um well this is a lot to take in 
And uh, yeah. but we've got to make sure that we're clear on this petition thing because, again, going back to my experience, um, I've never heard of petitioning to get in front of Congress and or needing 100,000 signatures. Now, I've heard that in state. Um, let's say Minnesota, for instance, you had to go to the Secretary of State. She gave you a special form with a cover letter explaining what it was about, and then each page had to have that cover letter over the top of it. It had to be wedding signatures. And then when you got the X number of signatures that you needed, this went back to the Secretary of State's office, and they had to verify every signature, that it was legitimate, which could take them two, three, or ten years, and just depending on what they, what their attitude was towards what you're doing. Uh, it's all a system to impede you from getting anything done. So I, I, I'm concerned about this, and I want to know more about this on the federal well, level, because my experience has been, yeah, my experience has been, that these petitions get delivered to them all the time and go right straight into the trash, and well, um, nobody they don't sees. Because the proper paperwork, and that's the problem. You can't start the campaign because first, what you have to do is mm-hmm. once you become a lobbyist, you have to ask permission. You fill the forms out. You ask permission to do this. You get granted approval. Once you get approval, you get your documentation. Then you start working. Uh-huh. I have. It's going to take me another three to four weeks. Once I'm set up, and then I will share it because I'm still learning to do this, to be honest with you. So, like I said, I do everything legally. I make sure everything's done correctly before I start teaching others. Right now, ask me in about four weeks. I'll be glad to share the information with you. (laughs) Well, that's the one thing about you. You are meticulous. And um, so, you know, at this point, uh, we're going to take your word for it till you tell us different. And um, Right. Because you know how uh, I am, that's Marty. Just, yes, I like to yes. uh, make sure I do. I, I like to make sure I'm telling your audience facts, where, and then how they can verify my facts so they know that I'm yes. legit. So yeah, give yes. me a few uh, weeks to make sure I get everything properly and ordered and running the way it needs to be, and then I will give okay. you the information on how you can verify this. And your viewer also, because I want the viewers out there to know that, you know, we are going to make changes and difference and how they can see, yeah, this is true. This is good. Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Well, and another thing that needs to happen, too, and I've harped on this incessantly, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing it, but I'm going to say it again. Every bill that comes out regarding family or probate people, goes first to the Energy and Commerce Committee. You are not energy, so you must be in commerce. And we are commodities, and they treat us as commodities. We are considered human capital. Uh, They refer to us as human capital. There is money to be made off of us. So the thing you, you have to do is, you know, get this away from this, out of this uh whatever this net is because from commerce and energy it is parceled out then to health and human services or elder services or the committee on aging or whomever but it goes there first and i've asked several senators and representatives why would a bill dealing with guardianship and the you know the, the targeting of the elderly go to the commerce committee and all I heard was five minutes of stuttering, stammering, 
talking all over the top. I said, because it's money. It's not about the person. It's about the profits, isn't it? And I said, you're buying, selling, and trading human beings. And that's what this is about. And, um, (laughs) but this is what's going on. It's the same with our kids. They're snatching kids. There's big money in snatching those kids. CPS taking children from their families. Big money. And, yeah, um, and I want to mention, I want to mention the Department of Children and Families as part of the child abuse and neglect investigation. And law enforcement officers part of the investigation. And this Senate Bill 192. Now, what happens in this Senate Bill 192? If a child goes home and says, well, this officer abused me or this teacher abused me and stuff, uh, the parent only has 45 days to file an appeal. If, if they pass that 45 days appeal, the case is over with. Now, what happens with these cameras is say that by law now with the Senate Bill 192, they're supposed to have cameras in the classrooms with these disabled children. Well, they're, they're stating in the Senate bill, if the camera uh, is not available, all the officer has to do is write a written statement. Well, uh, they destroy the evidence. You see what I'm saying, Marty? They have little loopholes how they're destroying the evidence so parents can't get remedies when their kids are abused by DCF and the agency with persons with disabilities, the, same, the, the people that are supposed to protect them through these You're guardianships. Right. Well, this is a guardianship. Well, thank you. Uh, Senate bill... Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is what we found in many of these probate courts, uh, they made a big deal, I believe it was in California, about how we have video cameras and everything's on tape and audio. And, of course, it costs you $10,000 to get a copy of any of that. But that aside, yeah. what they didn't tell you was that the judge had a console up there that you couldn't see. So when he was acting outside of the Constitution, he shut the audio and video off. And when he stepped in, he was running with the law, then he turned it back on. And, yeah, you see? well, when that came out, yeah. yeah. And it, so they were self-editing as they went. They knew, they knew they were breaking the law. They knew they were violating people's rights. And they were covering you it know, up. How now many? you can't. You know what? Well, I was wondering, like, you know, now we have our cameras and our cell phones. Like, I would like to just sit and videotape the whole thing, but you know, they won't let Mm -hmm. you. But how soon? How soon is it that I'm going to have a little hair bow in my hair and it's actually a camera? And I'm not going to be able to figure that out. I'm going to videotape the whole thing. You know, it's kind of like James Bond stuff. Like, that's coming. That's the technology that's coming down the pipeline. And how are they? How are they going to deal with it? Yeah, when we have our little camera and our hat, our hair bow, and we're going to tape it all. Well, the the way we're with it now, just on the off chance you might have that little hair bow camera, is they won't let anybody in the courtroom. Right. Uh, um, you can't have any observers. Uh, we had a lot of court watching was quite big here a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. they made a mistake of going in with a T-shirt on that said court watcher. Gee, I wonder how that was going to turn out. Anyway, so what they have done, now most of the time you can't come in. Um, the, it isn't open to the public. Uh, they hide under this. So it's a privacy issue. No, it's that you're stealing somebody's life. How much I do know, want to more public can that be? Go ahead. I do want to mention something about the Senate Bill 192. This does affect yes. elderly and guardianship. If you're not 
uh, if you're not in a guardianship, it still affects the elderly. Uh, I, I'm not too sure about okay. this bill. It's really weird the way they wrote it up. Um, it talks about the retention of video recordings. The section does not limit the access of the parent or it's under the Family Education uh, Rights and uh, Privacy Act, 20 U.S.C. Statute uh, 1232, or any other law to a video recording regarding his or her student. See, what they're doing is they're contradicting themselves, saying parents yes. have 45 days to appeal, but they're stating in the statute parents do not have the right, and they can waive any immunity from liability of a school district or an employee of a school district under this guardianship if the child is under a guardianship. It's very Now, scary. I'm going to say it's child child... Has... Go ahead. Peggy, the one thing I think we also need to attack is this doctrine of immunity. There is no such immunity. This is a self-created, self-protecting doctrine for people who are committing crime. And if you exactly. are in a public office and you are harming members of the public, that's called malfeasance. And you should be charged for that. You cannot declare yourself unilaterally immune. And why this has not been challenged, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. That's why I don't understand why these senators are continuing letting this stuff go by, and they keep continuing passing new yes. laws that protect the state. Ninety-nine percent of all legislation, if you start studying it, all the Senate bills protect state and federal employees and not the citizens. I can't believe nobody's right. talking about this. Right. Exactly. Well, go look at the money trail. Go to OpenSecrets.org and find your politician. And look at who's contributed. Every time we have tried to pass a bill that would have protected the elderly from these predators, the campaign contributions to the senators and representatives of the roof from elder law attorneys, um, the International Guardianship Association, ICOR, uh, ARP, ARP is not your friend. I don't give a damn. They are, they are an insurance company. They don't care about old people. They're trying to sell insurance. And... So they're out of the – we've approached them several times. They don't want to get involved. And you know how you can oh, call yourself as a, it, yeah, as an advocate for the elderly and base your whole existence on the elderly and say, I don't want to get involved. Um, but there's several mm-hmm. things that need to be addressed here, and you're absolutely right, Peggy. Senators and representatives are turning a deaf ear to it. No matter how many then times also- we petition, meet with them, go ahead. I want to also point out before we go, the Senate Bill 662, the state attorney shall make reasonable effort to notify victims and survivors or victims of the petition for resentencing and the state of the resentencing hearing. The state attorney shall provide victims and survivors of victims access to available victims advocate and other relative services. The uh, bill to be entitled under the guardianship you don't have a jury hearing. It's, it's, uh, they contradict no. themselves, you know, and these guardianships. You don't have no due process. The ward does not get to go in front of the judge and tell them how they feel. Only their appointed counsel can do that. And I have found out 99% of attorneys will not allow the ward to, to go on stand because they're afraid the ward will tell how they're being abused. Well, that's yes. what Marty was explaining about the state court system and how they separated the probate from the state yeah. court yes. system where you yeah, don't have out the bill. Now, and I see, that's think... something that needs... Go ahead, Cuz. 
Well, I was going to say, if, you know, not letting the ward on the stand, I always think, and what do you guys think, that the judge is in on this. So the reason that the judge isn't going to want the anyone on the stand is they just don't, they want to cover up evidence, but it's, it, well, I, I mean, the judge and the, and, and they can't, and they can't have it on but court see, record. She is, because if they have it on court that, record, see, that is not then a, the person, oh, I'm sorry. Can, the person can sue under the American with disability act. Like for instance, my son was going into a hearing um, a few days ago. So I was telling them I'm a, a advocate for ADA act. I'm going to be his representative. They didn't want me to go up there because they know I know the laws. So they don't want to deal with people that know the laws and that will follow the laws. They want people right. that are criminals that will not advocate for the ward. I advocate 100% for the ward. They don't. And because there yes. are people well, that are learning, then that's why they want to have these concealed hearings. So you you have yes. no way of fighting. Exactly. And that person sitting there, there again, uh, lesson from John LeCron. Pay attention to the terminology. A judge, a judge, person who is a judge, deals with the law and the Constitution. These people in probate are hearing examiners or ministerial clerks, and they are calling right. them judges. Euphemistically, they are not. They are employed by the same agencies that are coming against you. And everything in that probate tribunal pivots around that hearing examiner. <clears throat> and they, they're the one that facilitates and makes sure everything goes the way it's planned. I mean, how many times have you seen these cases where obviously everything was decided before you walked in the courtroom or into this tribunal? Mm-hmm. Everything was already set and done. You couldn't say anything. You couldn't do anything. It was all done. And that is the hearing examiner is the one who facilitates every bit of this and makes sure that the program runs like they've got it designed. So, and that's another thing too. Um, if you get into probate tribunal and the person up there insists on you calling them judge, say, I'd like to see your oath of office. They're they supposed to have one on file. I've been trying to get yeah, all they the can't provide county it. judges to provide it. They, even the board, the commissioners, uh, I've contacted the commissioners and requested them because they're the ones that keeps their bond. They refuse to give it to me, and they can't give me a reason why. Right. Yeah, because they don't have one. Yeah, they don't have one because they are not judges. They are not judges, but they do have a surety bond. So one of the things you can do is they must reveal to you who their surety carrier is, their insurance carrier is. File a complaint, three complaints, they got no insurance. They won't do it. They refuse to do that either. I'll be damned. Stay out of call. Your county is very corrupted. They do not follow federal and state laws there. But you ask who their insurance carrier is instead of asking for the bond. Yes. You ask who's carrying their surety, and they have to post um, a bond showing that if there's any damages that monetarily they can cover it, and so they're insured like say for a hundred thousand and um whatever that case is worth, but see that's the thing they um and that hearing examiner, just like the guardian and the predatory attorney, every time a motion is made in that case and goes in front of that tribunal, that hearing examiner gets a percentage of the value of the case. 
Um, on the East Coast, it's four to six or two to four percent. And as you move west out to California, it's four to six percent of the value of the estate every time they convene a motion, every time they entertain one of these uh, stupid hearings. That hearing examiner is making money. That's the payoff. Okay? And they're tapping the estate for that, just like the predator, guardian, and attorney are hitting that estate. Every time they answer a phone call, answer an email, it's four hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars, and the estate mm-hmm. pays it. And now then the what money if this that they make is disabled the... and they don't have an estate. Yeah, they well, see, the there's all kinds funds, of Betty. They get yes. out of federal funds yes. if they don't have it. Would it be yes. federal funding that would pay the hearing examiner? Yes. Yes. The probate has a fund allocated from the Federal Reserves, Betty. The, the governor yes. gives each county a certain amount of money. Once that chief judge sends a uh, total of his cases, that's how the governor knows how much money to give him allocated oh. for that year. Yes. And the other thing um, is Title 20 of Social Security, and that um, is block grants. Uh, I always like to use 2015 for the state of Illinois as an example. In that year, the state of Illinois, in a block grant through Social Security, which is federal bribery, got $42 uh-huh. million. Dollars. Of that, $19 million was earmarked for elder services. Now, I think for $19 million, I could do a pretty fair job of taking good care of people. The thing is, that money goes into the state's treasury, no strings attached. They don't know how that money was spent, where that money was spent, or who got it. And But it is a federally funded thing. Plus, there are various programs through Social Security. They've funneled a lot through Social Security that should not be there. Um, but they go through there, and then when they have to borrow money, like here a few years ago when they said, we had to borrow a billion and a half dollars to keep Social Security solvent. No, you had to borrow a billion and a half dollars to fund child support recovery through Social Security. So you have all these sub-administrations that are being administered by Social Security but are not actually part of Social Security. But this block grant thing, look into your block grants for your state. You get one every year and find out how many millions were sent to your state for elder services. Because I tell you, it's a chunk, and not one bit of it sees its way to help anybody except an attorney, a guardian, or a hearing examiner. That's it's bribery money. That's all it is. And that's why too, they're all they're interested in whether these disabled people are on SSI. Yes. Yes. Very interesting. And then when you get a you get a guardian who steals your identity, assumes your identity, makes themselves the assigned payee on your social security. Uh, railroad or military retirement, if you've got them, they collect all of your money, and you might get 40 some dollars a month, and then they sell all your property because they have to pay for nursing homes. What happened to all that money you collected from Social Security and from all the, oh, we needed that for our expenses? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is one of the biggest scams out there going, and all of it is facilitated by the federal government and through the absolute silence of our Congress, whether Democrat or Republican, their silence in standing up and taking care of this, uh, stomping this in its track. And every time you see something reported about elder abuse and guardianship abuse, they'll find some family dispute. Oh, it was the family. Oh, it was the neighbors. 
And here we have got thousands of these predatory guardians running across the country who spend their time preying on people, stealing their estates, and we never see it mentioned. Now, I find that odd. Um, it just, And then even when they do catch one, let's say April Parks, for instance, it was estimated she took at least $8 million fraudulently from elderly people. And yes, she is wow. in prison. But the thing is, there's no restitution. So her $8 million is sitting there safely somewhere for when she gets out. She doesn't have to pay anybody back. She earning doesn't have interest. to restore these families. Yes, earning interest. And mm-hmm. somebody said to me, well, the, the reason that is is because they can't find them. They've hidden them. We'll do what they do to the elderly. Do an asset search. Find out if they bought, sold, or traded anything in the last 10 years. You can track this stuff. Now look for an asset finder and find where they got this stuff stashed. But see, they won't do that. They won't. They, they save that for people like you and me. Marty, yeah. I want to add something to that. Now, when the state prosecutor goes in and they did that indictment, they have the authorities to uh, put place liens on her, all her assets. So they have uh-huh. they have access to to go into all her accounts. So they should have been able to uh, get that money back to the victims. But it's odd that didn't happen. No, and the victims' families didn't know to ask. No, right, and that's not correct. The state prosecutor has to be the one that does it, not the family. They are educated and they do know to do this. But the family wouldn't know to make sure that the state prosecutor does his job. Right. Well, sure, because if you don't study the law, you're not going to know this. Now, do you think that they're hiding their money? You know, isn't it the new places like the Cayman Islands and stuff? So See, it's, it's offshore, okay, so that's where it is? No, this is the way it works. Okay, let's just say the state prosecutor doesn't put a lien on the asset that this person stole from the victims, okay? And then they send it to this person. They can't go back and get the money. It's gone. It's hers. You see how that works? The state prosecutor yeah. has to file it. If they don't file it within uh, 15 days, guess what? It's her money. Yeah, so that's yep. kind of criminal that they're not doing their job. Exactly, and well, exactly. what's upsetting that needs to be changed is a state prosecutor. People don't understand when a heinous crime is committed, a state prosecutor doesn't have to prosecute the case; they use their own discretion. And that should yeah. not be that way. It should be a mandatory thing for them to do their job since we are paying their taxes. Right, right. I was going to say too. When these people siphon this money off these estates, uh, and it can be in the tens of thousands of dollars at times, that there's taxes due on that because it's regarded as income. Guess who pays the tax on the money that got stolen from the estate? The estate. Weird. Yeah. It's a win-win situation. I tell you, if you've got no morals, no integrity, no character, you're run by greed and a lack of sympathy and empathy, and you have no regard for other human beings, there's the job for you, professional guardian, attorney. Okay. There you go. I do That'll do it. Out, I, do, I do want to point out something about the state prosecutor. And this Senate Bill 662, Marty, uh, the victims and the survivors of the victims of any crimes for which the defender had been convicted to the present, statement personally or by representation 
a resentencing under this section does not reopen the defendant's conviction to challenge that would otherwise be barred. And this is in guardianship. And this section two, this is an act shall take effect July the 1st, 2021. So people better start getting the hell out of Florida because it's too dangerous down here. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've told a lot of people that just said, well, I was thinking about retiring to Florida. And, you know, people scream, no, don't go there. Um, it's just. Well, all you got to do, uh, Marty, when they start saying that, go right ahead and retire and have your ass institutionalized. Read up on the Florida Senate bills and then tell me if you want to retire down there. But where yeah. do you go? I mean, it's in California, Nevada, Oregon, what it, Daddy, South Carolina. What it is, what it is, is we like I was trying to explain, and that you could tell the lady was on tonight. Um, you know, she's frustrated. We all are frustrated, and she's right. All these senators are not doing anything to protect us. So, like I was saying, we got to protect ourselves, and we got to learn the the process that they should be doing instead of us, and just do it. You can't yeah. pretend you complain and you got to take action. Once we learn the process, do it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I think, too, uh, what happens to people is, and, and, and I hate to even bring this into it, is I, I've talked to so many people every week, and they'll say things to me like, well, I put it all in the Lord's hand, and so whatever he does, no, you're not supposed to do that. The Lord said, he would help those who help themselves. You get up and fight like hell. Amen. Um, Amen. Your, I, yes. I agree. Yep. That's what I'm um, doing. I don't listen to anybody's yes. negativity. I'm going to make a difference. I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to protect uh, our Constitution yes. for everybody. My son, Betty's son, everyone. Yep. We all need to work together. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just, uh, there's so much going on here that, uh, and I think probably, and I'm, and I'm glad to hear you say it because I've been saying it quite some time. We have no representation in Congress. We have no representation in our states. Um, we get lip service if we can get anything. I, I get so tired of people saying, well, I talked to Senator so-and-so, and he's a really nice guy. And now I have him on, you know, I can call him wherever I want. Yeah, and so what? What's he done for you? Well, well you know, this stuff takes time. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, they get starstruck. Um, I'm not impressed with titles. Uh, I Me had a run-in out there in D.C. here about three years ago with – a senator and who said to me, uh, his, he was Senator so-and-so, and you will call me Senator. I said, I believe that makes you my employee, doesn't it? And he said, what? I said, you were elected to office, weren't you? Yeah. Exactly. I said, I believe that makes you my employee. So I said, I'll thank you to speak to me in a little more subservient tone. And I said, um, and I, he says, well, you'll call me Senator. I said, well, then you can call me Your Majesty. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. But the arrogance of these people and their... And that's the problem. That's the problem. Once they get the yes. title, it goes straight to their head. Yes. And they forget yes. who they are representing. And then they start getting all these yep. campaign money for, from these yes. big pharmaceuticals and farmers, and they forget about yep. the oath that they took to protect the citizens of that state they're supposed to be yes. representing. Yeah, it, yeah, I think it's amazing. 
I had a friend in Minnesota here some years back who ran for office, a state representative in his district, and actually won. I was so proud of him. About eight weeks into his first term, he resigned, and I absolutely was on fire. Why did you do it? He said it's a no-win situation. He said it's all about party division. Who's the boss? They come and tell you how you're going to vote. They come and tell you what you're going to do, and if you don't do it, um, we're going to make things difficult for you. And I've always complained about the fact that lobbyists for these pharmaceutical companies and the guardianship associations and all this can run all over D.C., office to office, like a bunch of hungry ants on a sugar hill, and they can get in and they can go to lunch and they can sleep on the sofa. They can do whatever they want. But you and I walk down the halls, we're lucky if we can get past the secretary. And now, basically, it's, do you have your checkbook with you? Um no, no, I don't. And uh, but it's we we have no representation. We have none. We have no champions for the elderly. Uh, we have no one who is going to advocate on their behalf but us. So we need exactly. a bunch of us advocating loudly. I've told people I'm all done being nice. I I hear this speech all the time. If I'm going to speak somewhere or do something, no, Marty, be nice. Be nice, or they're going to get mad and they're going to retaliate. Well, I've been about as they nice as I'm going to be. They won't invite you back. You yeah, know, they Marty, won't invite you back. Yes. Yeah. I get retaliated all the time from judges in Collier County. You. Uh-huh. I get underneath their skin every day. Okay. Chief McKee. You know. Uh, <laughs> He knows he's committing criminal acts down there. They hate it until someone mm-hmm. calls them out on it. And, you know, and right. they can't take somebody that follows the law. What they try to do is intimidate you to provoke you to commit a crime so then they can say, see, she was mental, and justify all the criminal acts they did against you and your family. And then nothing gets said about what they did. Right. So you've got to be really yeah. careful to keep your tongue and keep professional at all times because that's what they're looking for so they can discredit you. The key is to discredit you yeah. so you can't move forward to to make right. something positive changes in the discarding well, you know, well, see, this falls into the category of whistleblowing, and you're, you're blowing the whistle on this, and we know what they do routinely to whistleblowers from all these various federal agencies. They gaslight them. They retaliate against them. They torment them. They, they, you know, lie about them. They do everything they can to them to get them to shut up. And Mm -hmm. this is what they do to people like us that are advocating for the elderly. Um, They they start tormenting people. They antagonize. Uh, Like you say, these judges coming after you. This is a misuse of their office. This yeah. is malfeasance, and well, they, they why got, they're allowed to do this. Go ahead. Well, they bar me from every public site because I call them out, and they can't stand me up there in Tallahassee because mm-hmm. I keep catching them. If just imagine if I was an FBI agent, I'd have all their asses locked up, okay? Because they'd be yeah. <laughs> there to run the damn state because I can't. I keep catching right. them commit acts. It's unbelievable yep. down there. But the thing is, Peggy, you catch them committing these crimes, but the authorities won't do anything. No. That, that's no. the Which scary is, part. That, now, here, listen to me. They're coming out again with this universal, or what is it, universal commercial 
uniform commercial law. This thing is a big freaking trap. What they are trying to do is get it so that the law is the same in every state. We can target you. We can kidnap you. We can isolate you, hold you prisoner. We can steal your estate, and you can't do a damn thing about it. There is nothing in there that says the police or sheriff's department is required to protect that person that they're targeting. There is nothing in there that will protect that person. This is a means of making it uniform across the states so they can move between the states without any opposition. That's all this is. Nothing is going to change. Yep. Yep. Marty, what is? do you know that Uh, statute, uh, that commercial law, so I can study that? Uh. It's called the Uniform Commercial Code, and um, but this is a uniform guardianship I'll law. And um, yeah, look it up. I do have it here on my computer, but right now I couldn't tell you where it's at. That's okay. I'll I got so much on there. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're trying. To, yes, they're trying to look at look at this again to get this, and and what this does is it takes away a state, any state's right to make its own determination. You might have, like, say, the state of Georgia wants to upend this whole thing and clean out this hornet's nest and stop them from doing this. Florida doesn't. They want things to keep going. So under these, this uniform act, they could just roll right into Georgia anyway, do what they want. And the state loses its right. If they sign on to this, the state loses its right to self-determination. I That's don't care scary. what you're doing in Florida. Over here in Georgia, we're doing it this way. You lose your right to do that. And if they pass this thing, that will be that, well, we can't do anything about it because we're part of the, you know, uniform uh, law. Uh, No, I don't want to hear it. Um, Um, But it's a forfeiture of states' right and sovereignty. So it's something you absolutely do not want because it leaves you no leeway, no possible way to fight them back because your state signed on to it. And, uh, yeah, it's... This whole thing is sick. Um, yeah, it's very but, scary. Yeah. Yes, it is. That, yes, it that is. That Senate Bill 192, there's so much to cover. Uh-huh. I'm trying to uh, pick certain things out because we don't have much time sure. to cover every little bit. Yeah, we got about everything. seven minutes. Yeah. Well, okay. with, under this guardianship with the Senate Bill 192, say a person uh, is taking by D- DCF from the public schools, right? <laughs> The video is lost. Mm-hmm. Only the police report shows. Okay, so they take this person and they do a restraint. They could do anything in those restraints. They want electrical shock. Uh, uh, they also yep. put in this bill, the 192, about cardiac arrest. Why do you think they did that cardiac arrest in this? So when they go in the cardiac arrest, then they can, uh, then they harvest the, the person's organs. Okay. They're yes. doing things to justify how they're doing it and making it legal. And people, I am so shocked that people are not outraged and why more people aren't reading these bills and really paying attention to how all these bills complement each other and these guardianships. Right. You know, you know, right. they're giving it legally to kill a person. For God's sakes, I don't right. understand why people aren't marching um, by the millions. I just had this a few weeks ago. Last- I, I'm just... I'm last year. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be doing a uh, picking these shows up again because they want to start up. At, uh, Dialysis Advocates and Associates want to start coming back and doing a monthly show. But one of the shows we did last year um, was about organ harvesting, 
and we had another doctor on that was talking about how this is done on the live person. And But at the same time, because we had been so effective at going after the, the nephrologists and these dialysis agencies, they the night before we were to broadcast this show, Trump signed an executive order, and he had to come out on the news and said, you know, um, and this thing of organ shortages, and we're going to make sure if someone needs a, a kidney or a heart, you know, there's plenty of donors out there. And this was where they made everybody a donor. It's called the Anatomical Ooh. Gift Act. Um, everybody was made a donor whether you want to be or not. There is big money in organ harvesting. Big, Thousands big money. Thousands of dollars, yes, on the black yes. market. Yes. So and by then, executive order, yeah, go ahead. When they did when they did that executive order and they did that uh, harvesting the organs, why do you think the state of Florida, because most of the people being killed down here are in these uh, guardianships, so when they did executive order and then they did that new law, Kathleen Pasadena uh, endorsed, to be able to get the guardian, the professional guardian to petition the courts, so that way the loved ones could not do an autopsy to see if the organs were removed or not because they have to burn the body and dispose of it. I mm. mean, it's they're the, doing things. They, uh, it, it's it's just amazing. We, this they, is, yeah, they also wrote the same thing. Too. Yeah, they also are doing the same thing with this fake COVID thing. I don't believe this for a minute, but part of this is that there is no autopsy because an autopsy would prove these people did not die of any fictional virus. So there's no autopsy and they are to be cremated immediately. So they destroy all the evidence. You are watching a criminal gang at work. You are watching racketeering. Okay. They get $30,000 for the hospital. They take a good, healthy person. They claim they got COVID. They harvest the damn body, they cremate it, and they do it all legally. You see what they're doing? Yep. Yes, exactly. You are looking at a protection racket running. Uh, Listen, girls, we've only got four minutes left here. This show went way too fast, and we need to do it again. And Cosby didn't get to say near enough. Um, I was just listening. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. (laughs) Yes, aren't we all? Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Peggy, thank you for coming on again. We want to have you back. Betty, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, thank you. Yes, so do we. Uh, the more pertinent information, usable information we get out there. It's not that we're not interested in victim stories, but I've done 1,500 shows over 13 years. We've heard the stories. We need solutions. We need resolutions. Exactly. We need to form plans. We need to become proactive at something more yeah, than just listening. We need exactly. to become proactive. So think about that. Uh, think about things you could possibly do. Shoot your ideas our way. Uh, we'll look at anything, see what's workable, what isn't. Uh, Peggy, you get your stuff to us on, on your petition when you're ready to go, and we'll yeah, help with me, that. And Yeah, let me make sure I get yeah, everything correct because I want to give your listeners facts so it's not misleading. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, right. I just got some information, but I'll get it up and running, and then I'll pass it on to everyone else. Awesome. All right, then, and I appreciate your tenacity with that, <laughs> uh, because they'd love for us to step in a big pile of poop. But anyway, um, exactly. so everybody be watching for that. And I say, and I'm I'm going to say this, I don't care who it upsets and who it doesn't. I don't want to hear from one glory hog, not one of you. 
if you need to be in front of the camera and have your face and your name out there and what how glorious you are and how your legitimacy is beyond reproach and how important take it somewhere else, okay? Take it somewhere else. I don't want to hear from you. Don't waste my time. For everybody else, do whatever you can. Get involved, please. We need you to stand up. Um, I don't want to argue about who's king and who's queen and who's running it and who isn't. Exactly. I'm not interested in running anything. I'll do whatever I'm asked to do. Uh, just leave it at that. But anyway, everybody, all these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. It's an annual event in Washington, D.C. We have a panel there each year. Um, hopefully we'll be out there this next year, but they're going to run this fake virus thing into the ground and kill a fair number of us before it's over. Um, my own opinion, if you step up and take what they're calling a vaccine, which is nothing but vaccine, it is changing your DNA. Don't do it. But if you're foolish enough to do it, may the Lord bless you and welcome you home. Anyway, Everybody have a good evening, Cause. Thank you for being here as always. Oh, Peggy, thank you. Betty, thank you for. We will. Thank we will have you back home. again. We need. Yes, thank, thank you for you having me. Yeah, and thank you both. We'll have you back because we had to. We need to talk more about this, and we'll have to catch up, girls, with what you're doing. So everybody, thank you for tuning in. We had a bang up crowd again tonight. Thank you everybody for listening for taking the time. The shows are always available in archive. So you can listen to it at your convenience or re-listen to it again, whatever you'd like to do. Get a pen and paper and take notes. I would suggest it. We'll see you all, oh, what is this, Friday, Sunday night with Tanya Talks, uh, out of her work there in the prisons in Oklahoma. Uh, she's doing a bang-up job. But anyway, we'll be back on Sunday night, and then the week will ensue. So everybody have a good evening. Again, thank you, and good night. Good night. Bye.